بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم رحمد کریم اما بات الحمد للہ ڈے از دا تھرڈ آف ڈسمبر ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ That we're going through the commentary of the Blessed Surah Al-Mu'minun. And I've reached verse 78. So inshallah today, going through verse 78 up to and including verse 85. So verse 78, Awadhi Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajeem, Bismillah Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim. It is He who has created for you the faculties of hearing, sight, feeling and understanding. Little thanks it is that you give. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning certain organs which he's blessed us with. And he mentions the order hearing, then he mentions sight, then he mentions understanding. So what have they discovered? So first of all, This sequence is mentioned in various places in the Qur'an. It's mentioned in Surah 67 verse 23. It's also mentioned in Surah 16 verse 78. So why does Allah the Almighty and Glorious mention hearing, then sight, then understanding? So embryologists, they've informed us that on the 22nd day of conception, i.e. three weeks into pregnancy, the inner ear begins to formulate and by the beginning of the fifth month of pregnancy the fetus is already capable of hearing so the first thing that is a scientific fact is that the child even before it's born it can hear by the fifth month of pregnancy but the eye in contrast would only split open around the seventh month of pregnancy and would only begin to focus a few months after birth. So in simple terms, hearing is fully functional <coughs> before birth, and sight is fully functional after birth. Amazingly, in the Quran, within the context of the creation of mankind, hearing is always mentioned before sight. This order is never reversed. So what's interesting, even in today's day and age, laymen would naturally give preference to sight before hearing. However, this would not be proved correct in the context of creation, as the embryologists have proven. So here Allah mentions hearing and sight. So this is scientifically absolutely correct. But then it mentions, as noted, the Qur'an then mentions after sight the faculty of feeling and understanding. Again, to the casual reader, this may not have any significance. But world-renowned experts in the field of embryology, they have discovered otherwise. For instance, Professor Keith Moore, in an article in the Journal of Islamic Medical Association, He pointed out that during the embryonic development, the primordial of the internal ears appears first. 
then the primordial of the eyes, and then the primordial of the brain, the center of feeling and understanding. Those confirming exactly the verses of the Quran. Subhanallah. So, again, you can say this is coincidence. Allah Ta'ala mentions hearing, then sight, then understanding. But how can it be coincidence when Allah, if even if a layman was given the choice, he mentions sight first. And just to add, Professor Keith Moore eventually embraced Islam. You know, he embraced Islam at the end of his life and he's passed away. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon him. So again, this is why the Quran mentions, if you don't know, ask the people of dhikr, the people who have knowledge and understanding. And the people of knowledge and understanding in embryology, they've submitted. So if they've submitted, people should follow suit. So note again, here in this verse, Allah Ta'ala mentions the same. And then he says at the end of the verse, ma tashkurun, Little thanks you give. So what greater ungratefulness can there be than to deny Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So Allah Ta'ala has given everybody these, these, uh, these blessings, barring the ones that he hasn't, the few, and the thanks should be given, obviously constantly for this. Verse 79. And he has dispersed you throughout the earth. And to him shall you be gathered back. So here there's a point. So he mentions. So this is in the work, The Kingdom of God, by Sheikh Asim Khan, page 102. So he gives references. For instance, he quotes Sheikh Al-Raghib Al-Asfahani in his Mufradat, Al-Faz Al-Quran. The word dispersed, so if you look at the verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The word dhara'a originally means, and he gave a couple of meanings. The first, to become old or refers to hair turning grey. So one of the meanings of dhara'a is to become old or refers to hair turning grey. The Shaykh said, the meaning would thus be that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who causes people to live to see old age and experience its weaknesses and frailty. This would contrast with the previous verse where he says, ansha'a wa ansha'a. The word ansha'a means to nurture something to grow and rise. So putting it simply, in the previous verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, It is he who has nurtured for you, hearing sight and understanding. In this verse, Allah ta'ala says, So what's the contrast? In the previous verse, he's nurturing you, giving you help, making you stronger. In the next verse, Allah ta'ala is saying, he's doing the opposite. He's making you grow old. He's making your hair grow, grow grey. The second meaning of the word dhara'a in verse 79 can also mean, and he gives a reference, Muhammad Hassan Jabal in Al-Mu'jam Al-Ishtiqati. He said, the second meaning of dhara'a means to sow into the earth, i.e. to place into the earth. The meaning would then refer to the final resting place of people being inside the earth, buried in the soil like a seed. However, Death is not the end. Because the verse then says in verse 79, وَإِلَيْهِ تُحْشَرُونَ 
and to him you will all be gathered. People will rise back up out of the earth for reckoning. So then the Sheikh mentions verses 23 and 24 and also Surah Mulk, Surah 67 verse uh, 23 and 24 and this verse, verse 78 and 79 summarize the entire life cycle of a human being on the earth. The brevity with which the verses do this reflects the shortness of this worldly life. In the blink of an eye, youthfulness is overtaken by old age. The faculties of sight, hearing and intellect which we rely on to enjoy life begins to deteriorate. This realization creates a sense of urgency within the reader to change and improve themselves in preparation for their unavoidable meeting with Allah. SubhanAllah. So look at the beauty of the Quran. Allah in two verses He's talking about things which they've discovered scientifically, hearing, hearing sight, uh, understanding. Then he mentions in the next verse, and he has dispersed you. But, i.e., he's reversing things. He's putting you back into the earth. So in two short verses, Allah summarizing how short your life is. So if a person goes, how do we know our life is short? These two verses show how quickly your life passes without you realizing. And in Surah 10 verse 45, in Surah 10, verse 45, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions there, One day he will gather them together. It will be as if they tarried but an hour of the day. So look what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that when you are gathered on the day of resurrection, you will think you've only spent one hour. Your life was one hour. So at no point, you know, Arguing, Allah the last mentioned that. So think about that. If somebody was to ask you now, what did you spend an hour doing? <laughs> so even this lecture, you can say, yeah, we went to the circle, we did it. Your life's going to be like that, Allah the last says. So why are you talking, thinking like this? Because the Quran is telling you, your life is so short, you think you've got a long life, you haven't. No, you're wasting it, Astaghfirullah. Verse 80. It is he who gives life and death. And to him is the alternation of night and day. Will you not understand? So look how beautiful. After mentioning life in verse 78, after mentioning death in verse 79, Allah then spells it out in verse 80. It is he who gives life and death. But then he says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and to him is the alternation of the night and day. Then he says, afala ta'akilun, won't you use your internet? So what has the night and day got to do with life and death? So there's another passage in Surah 3 verse 190. In Surah Ali Imran verse 190. It's a famous passage, the, the Hadith. The Hadith mentions in Ibn Hiban Sahih, in As-Sahihah 1-106, Ibn Al-Mundir, Ibn Abidunya, Ibn Mardawi, Ibn Katiz Tafsir. Our beloved mother, Sayyida Aisha radiyallahu she relates, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was once reciting this verse over and over again, i.e. verse 190, Surah 3, verse 190. The translation, Behold in the creation of the heavens and the earth and the alternation of the night and the day, there are indeed signs for men of deep understanding. <laughs> he started to weep, Hazrat Aisha said, and he wept continuously all night. 
Bilal radiyallahu then came to alert the Prophet for the Fajr sallallahu alayhi wa And upon seeing him in the condition he was in, he goes, Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa what makes you weep whilst Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven all your previous and past lapses? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, O Bilal radiyallahu why should I not weep when this night, this verse, i.e. verse 190 was revealed to me. And verse 191, woe to those who recite it, but do not contemplate over it. Woe to those who recite it, but do not contemplate over it. So let's look at this briefly. So these two verses, Surah 3 verse 190, which I've recited in verse 191, they caused the Prophet to weep all night or most of the night. Why? Because he was contemplating. Then at the end of the report, he says, woe to those who recite it, but don't contemplate. So what does it say in verse 191? Men who celebrate the praise of Allah standing, sitting and lying down on their sides and contemplate the wonders of creation in the heavens and the earth, saying, O our Lord, not for nothing have you created all this. Glorified and free from all imperfection be you. Give us salvation from the penalty of the fire. Amen. So here Allah Ta'ala is praising those that they remember, they contemplate, mutakabbar, they contemplate standing, sitting. And the Prophet was doing that in Salat. Look how he was acting upon the Quran. Hazrat Aisha was lying down. Maybe that was in reference to Sayyidina Aisha. And then it says, what's the point of all that worship? You know, people ask you, what's the point of all that worship? The point is, you then make this dua. رَبَّنَا مَا خَلَقْتَ هَذَا بَاطِلًا سُبْحَانَكَ فَقِنَا عَذَابَ النَّارِ O our Lord, not for nothing have you created all this. Glory be to you, give us protection from the fire, i.e. the fire. So what does Allah Ta'ala tell us to say? That you must realize that I have created all this for the purpose. I've created all this for the purpose. And what does he mention in verse 190? He, of all of the creation of the heavens and earth, he mentions one thing. إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ and the alternation of the night and day, that's all he mentions. Think about that. In the creation of the whole you know, creation, he could have mentioned any. He mentioned one thing. The alternation of the night and day, there are signs for the people of deep understanding. Why does he mention night and day? Here, Allah is telling you in context why. The previous two verses, he says, your life is very short. I give you strength. I nurture you. Ansha'ah. Then I, Dhala'ah. I weaken you and place you in the earth. Then he says, and to him is the alternation of the night and day. How quickly does the night and day follow? How, you know, it's just a continuous beautiful cycle. Life and death is a cycle. People come in, people come out. Allah Ta'ala then says, Afala Will you not reflect? Right? So Allah Ta'ala is mentioning things that nobody can deny. Which person can deny the night and day? So note again here, and that's why the Prophet wept all night because he was contemplating his war to those who don't contemplate over this. In other words, you're destroying yourselves if you don't reflect upon this. Verse 81. On the contrary, they say things similar to what the ancients said. So what's this in reference to? On the contrary, they say things similar to what the ancient says. 
This is talking to the unbelieving Quraysh. They are more culpable as they have received a later and more complete revelation. Why should they now stand on the primitive ideas of their ancestors? So what does Allah mention about the previous people? These are tales of the ancients. We don't believe it. When he talks to the unbelieving Quraysh, slight difference. On the contrary, they say things similar to what the ancient says. Why does Allah change the wording? Because you have got the final revelation. You are more in danger. Because the final greatest blessing is the Quran. So Allah warns the Quraysh. As if to say, look, the heavens and the earth should be enough. But you've now been given the final messenger in the Quran. Verse 82. They say, what? When we die and become dust and bones, could we really be raised up again? Look how beautiful. Allah is telling you kufr. This is kufr in a nutshell. This is your stories. You know what they say? Oh, that old book of yours, put it on the shelf, you know, 1,400 years ago, leave it. And what's the other cover? People just died on there. YOLO, right? YOLO. Not ROLO or POLO, YOLO. You only live once, right? So Allah is telling you, what? When we die and become dust and bones, shall we really be raised up again? So here there's a thing in the Quran. In Surah 75, verse 36, Surah Qiyamah, which is very interesting. Allah Ta'ala has mentioned this in Surah Qiyamah. The last verses Allah Ta'ala says, and it's very interesting what He says, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Verse 36, Does man think he will be left soda? Soda in the Arabic language, it means a camel that just does what he wants. So there's a camel that's wounded in a bar, with it. Without purpose. Allah says, do you think you're going to be soda? I've created you. Then he says, now this is the argument, the Quranic argument to those food cakes. Verse 37. Was he not a drop of fluid emitted? Who's going to deny that? Nobody denies that. You go to Dawkins, Hawkins, you know. Were you not a drop of sperm? Yes. Okay, thank you. Right? Verse 38. Then he became a clinging clot. Hawkins, Dawkins. Mm. Clinging clot. Yes. Okay. Mm. Then you were fashioned in due proportion. Mother Nature did it. Call it what you want. You were fashioned. Yes. Mm. Verse 39. And of him he made the two sex, male and female. Mm. Correct. Then the sledgehammer. Mm. <laughs> Has he not then got the power to give life to the dead? Class, finished. Knocked out the ballpark. Why is Allah mentioning embryology? Because from death you get life. If you go to any person when a woman's pregnant, she goes, she's pregnant. And you argue, no, she's not. What are you talking about? It's all scammed everything. There's no life. When a woman is pregnant, is there life? Show me, where's the life? You got a point there, brother. After the month, is there life? Then where does life come from? And he goes, well, it's like no natural process. Like a natural process. So Allah is telling you, 
you was a drop, you was an alaq, then you became, you proportioned, you became male or female. Has he then not got the power to give life to the dead? Allah Ta'ala is saying, you're seeing it every single day. Life is coming from some mysterious place. Which mysterious place is it coming from? Allah Ta'ala is telling you, it's coming from me. And you then have the audacity to say, I can't bring dead bones to life. Look at the arguments. And when the Prophet recited these verses, he says, Bala wa ana ala dhalika Certainly, you have the power to do this, O oh my Lord. He goes, I am the first to testify. In Abu Dawood, uh, and Behaki, and Ibn Kathir, and Mishkat. So note the Quranic arguments. And also, I don't want to keep you know, replaying the tape. Ask Ibn Wa'il. Amr ibn, Amr ibn al-As's father. So Amr was a great companion, the fox of the Arabs. His father was Shaitan. I can say that because he was a kafir, died as a kufr, and the Quran condemned him. His name is Al-As. That's very interesting. What does Al-As mean in Arabic? It means disobedient. <laughs> if you call somebody disobedient, what do you think is going to happen to him, right? So anyway, this, you know, stuff for the lie. He came and he watching, he was observing the Prophet. He knew he's the Prophet. He's waiting, he's waiting for his opportunity. The Prophet is talking about resurrection. He's got this bone in his hand, part of a human bone. He comes to the Prophet and the, the people who were listening. He goes, are you listening to him? He goes, he's telling you that this bone's going to come back to life. He goes, do you believe that? And he crumbled it. So up to that point, it looks like he's destroyed the Dawud. Before the Prophet could respond, Allah Ta'ala revealed the end of Surah Yasin. <laughs> So what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveal amongst other things? Does not man see that it is we who created him from a drop? Yet behold, he stands an, as an open adversary. <laughs> Think about these people who don't believe in God. Who are they challenging? So Allah goes, that drop challenging me. He doesn't even call him a human. Look what he's saying in the verse. He goes, that drop is challenging me. That I gave life to. Then he says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, he makes comparisons for us. That's kufr. And forgets his own origin. He says, who can give life to bones? And decomposed ones at that. Who is Allah Ta'ala quoting? Us. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Qul, oh my beloved, tell him, He will give them life who created them the first time. For he is well versed in every kind of creation. So that bone you picked up, your fruit cake. Where did it come from? That's the argument. Mother, right? All right. Where did the bone come from? She was pregnant. There was death. There was no life. The bones came from somewhere. So where it came from, don't you think you can do it again? That's the argument. Then Allah has a job. He goes, He is well versed in every creation. Meaning I'm the only creator. I know what I'm doing. 
So Allah Ta'ala salam, the Mada Hadith is in Hakim Sayyid. So not Kufr. So here Allah Ta'ala says, they say what when we die and become dust and bones can we really be raised up again? Verse 83. Such things have been promised to us and to our fathers before. They are nothing but tales of the ancients. So Allah Ta'ala says it again because they're quoting the same unbelief from the previous nations. Verse 84, say to whom belongs the earth and all beings therein, tell me if you know. So Allah Ta'ala is saying everything that is in creation, who does it belong to? And they know, you know they're saying it in their heart. They could give it another name, Mother Nature, whatever. You know. And this is all created by someone. Who is it Allah Ta'ala says? Verse 85, they will say to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, say, Yet will you not receive admonition. So now this is very interesting. If their argument is that such things about a future life cannot be known or proved, meaning how do you know there's life after death? They are then referred to the things which are actually before them. So Allah Ta'ala has given you arguments because this is how you reason with these people. How do you know life comes after death? Number one. Look at the tangible things of the earth. Can they postulate their order or government except by a power or force of energy outside? They will admit there is such a power or force or energy. We call it Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. They will call it something else. Look how interesting. The laws of nature. Laws of nature. Oh, so nature's God. No, no, no. no. It's a laws of what's nature. You've given it a name. Laws come from somebody. Right? So you've given it another name. We call it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you've admitted something's in charge here. Somebody's put governing laws. And they start thinking, they go, okay, you call it God, we call it nature. Oh, no, carry on. The second, go a step further. We see a sublime universe in the heavens above stretching far, far beyond our knowledge. They will admit its existence, its grandeur. We ask them to entertain a feeling of reverence for the power behind it and to understand their own littleness and their dependence upon that power. So the, you ask the atheist, isn't the universe amazing? It is, yes, 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 it's amazing. How many light years is that star? It's not there, it's dead. It's amazing, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But you feel, you know, doesn't that make you feel, send a shiver down your spine? Because, yeah, you kind of lose. Why? Because well, the majesty of it, the majesty, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying, majesty. So how do you feel in comparison to the heavens? Insignificant. So why are you feeling humbled? Keep pushing them on that. Why do you feel small? That's their fitrah. He goes, look, whether you look at the governing laws on the earth or in the vast expanse, you have to realize what Allah Ta'ala says, afalata dhakkaroon. Will you not receive admonition? So look at the beautiful way Allah Ta'ala is going through the process. This is a Makkan Surat. He's teaching you Tawheed, subhanahu wa ta'ala. First he gives you embryology. Then he gives you the Cree word, Dhala'a, i.e. Everything starts reversing. Then he mentions the alternation of the night and day. Then he mentions the arguments of the Kufr, the, the silly arguments they put forward. Then Allah Ta'ala is mentioning again, to wrap up the argument once again. Look at the earth, look at the heavens, contemplate. And that's why the Prophet said, contemplate upon the creation, not your Lord. 
contemplate upon the creation, not your Lord. Why? Because the creation is what brings you close. If you contemplate upon your Lord, you go mad. In fact, one of the, the hadiths of the Barani say, uh, Shaykh Hamza Yusuf al-Maliki mentioned a, uh, a person and he was he was contemplating upon eternity. And Shaykh Hamza goes, he literally went mad. He literally went mad. Because he's in an asylum now. If Then he said, if only he heard the statement of the Prophet. Don't contemplate upon Allah. The Prophet said it. Because you, you, because you haven't got the faculties. Contemplate upon the creation. Why? Because how are you going to comprehend the creator? But he tried it. Next minute, go and see him now. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. Right? Subhanallah. So I'll decide the verses. And we will conclude. Rahmanurahi <laughs> أَفَلَا تَعَقِلُونَ بَلْ قَالُوا مِثْلَ مَا قَالَ الْأَوَّلُونَ قَالُوا أَإِذَا مِتْنَا وَكُنَّا تُرَابًا وَعِظَامًا إِنَّا لَمَبْعُوثُونَ لَقَدْ وَإِنَّا نَحْنُ وَآبَاؤُنَا هَذَا مِنْ قَبْلُ إِنَّ هَذَا إِلَّا أَسَاطِيرُ الْأَوَّلِينَ قُلْ لِمَنِ الْأَرْضُ وَمَنْ فِيهَا إِنْ كُنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ سَيَقُولُونَ لِلَّهِ قُلْ أَفَلَا تَذَكَّرُونَ We pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu that He makes the Qur'an that the be of our hearts. And I pray to Almighty Allah subhanahu that He forgives me for any errors which I may have inadvertently uttered. Subhanallah <laughs> <laughs>